When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. Every time. <laughs> Bigfoot Collectors Club episode <laughs> 16. Awesome. We're getting down there in the episode count. Up there. Up there. We're getting down. Get, you know what I mean. We're getting up there. Getting down with it. We're not Benjamin buttoning this shit. Shit. We're getting bigger. Mm-hmm. We're not. Wait. No. Yeah. yeah. He started little. Then he got big. Then he became a little baby. <laughs> then what happened to him? Did he disappear? He got an. Uh, Did he go back into his mother's vagina? I don't know. I don't either. It's the one Fincher film I've never seen, and I read the short story years ago, but I don't remember. Hi, guys. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host. I'm Bryce Johnson. And we have producer Riley Bray with us. Hi, guys. Hey. What's going on? And uh, we got a great guest this week. Our first guest canceled. Uh, (laughs) Canceled last minute. It's okay. We're going to get him back on a different show. So I phoned the first person I knew I could rely on in an emergency. <gasps> she hasn't been. Actually, that is the opposite. <laughs> how, how many times did I fake cancel on you? Oh, my God. <laughs> we we dated briefly, and oh I gosh. think we broke up because you, you were Why 45 you? minutes late all the time. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Why? Why you, you haven't been on the like show that? yet because I, I, knew, I, knew that, I knew that you were going to be here in a jam. Oh. Uh, it's Maria Fair. Yeah. Oh, I didn't give you much of an intro. That was a pretty good intro. That's that's all you said. (laughs) My ex-girlfriend list. It's Maria Fair. Oh my God. Uh, Maria is an actress and performer. You've seen her on uh, Strangers with Candy. You've seen her on Those Who Can't on True TV. You've seen her appear on New Girl. You've seen her appear on, what's something else you've done recently? Oh, Gotham. You've been on Gotham. Sure. She's very, look her up. You guys are going to, she's the best. Um, so listen, before we talk to Maria, and feel free to jump in anytime you want, Oh, Maria. great, thank you. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, gonna, I'm kicking things off this week. Okay. This is a surprise for everybody. I have a new segment, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's called BCC News. Ooh. Bing, wait, bing, wait, bing, wait, bing, sorry. BBC News? That's already taken. BCC News. Oh, BCC News. For Bigfoot Collectors Club. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, so not, Riley. BFC. Everyone be quiet, because Riley, you're going to throw in a little little news music here. Yeah. It's BCC News. <laughs> All right, so the first story we have today is about a woman from Northern California who's suing the California State Wildlife and Fish Department 
for uh, suing to prove the existence of Sasquatch. I did not know that. I just put this up on our Facebook page, so you can find the link there. Wow. Claudia Ackley, a California mom from Crestline, California, is filing a lawsuit with the California Fish and Wildlife Department to to have Sasquatch recognized as an official species living in San Bernardino. Ackley was hiking the Lake Arrowhead area with her two daughters on March 27, 2017, when they came upon something that looked like a neanderthal-like man creature sitting 30 feet up in the tree uh when she a tree not the tree there's plenty of trees around there (laughs) i wrote this very quickly when she reported it to the authorities they told ackley that she had just seen a bear ackley told abc7 chicago news no 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 this was no bear i know what i saw Mm -hmm. she even said the creature made directional hand gestures to signal where she and her children should go to stay out of its way oh wow (laughs) yeah very thoughtful yeah i know she uh uh, there's a video of this too not of the actual creature although she did take a video of the incident on her phone from a safe distance a dark mass can be seen sitting in the tree but the image is of course not clear enough to identify the animal Mm. So she's suing California to have this recognized. That's she wild. She wants to prove that she saw this thing. That she says it's been living of, uh, here forever. She says it looks in people's windows. And she's, she's like, enough's enough. The state of California has to recognize this thing as an indigenous animal. You know that? Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, are there any pictures or anything? Um, well, there's uh, video footage that we'll put up on our link. But let me It'll see probably just Google be like up. a blurry dark It is blob. a blurry uh, dark But maybe blob. you'll see that hand gesture like, mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> she said it gestured like you go there you go there you know this reminds me of that todd standing account um he's he's been lobbying the canadian government to get uh sasquatch recognized as part of their wildlife and protected um and with to to much success actually up there um he's got a pretty crazy uh, documentary called discovering bigfoot out on itunes now which has probably some of the most either compelling or controversial Bigfoot video images I've ever seen. It's 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 definitely worth checking out. Well, wait, if who? there if there is a Sasquatch Todd Standing it should oh, definitely be think, recognized. Is that, and I protected. think Todd Standing yeah. is you know what I mean? That, that there's just one person one Sasquatch, it should definitely be on the endangered species. Uh, yeah, I would think that oh, it should yeah. be. <laughs> I, I I gotta say for the record I think Todd Standing's full of it. Yeah, so do a lot of other people, but that doesn't mean that this the, is uh, a doll. This yeah. is not a photo of an actual Sasquatch, and he says it is. Sorry, don't come after me. I'm sure. Here's the thing. I bet this guy has seen stuff, but I watched some of the um, footage that he had on Netflix, and I, I, it's like this is a doll. Well, you're t- probably talking about the one they consider the Muppet Bigfoot. This thing. Yeah. That is so fake. Right. So, so you think that he like faked it? I think that he probably or he has saw a doll seen, in the wilderness. I think he has seen. And then with two I, pictures I, of I it. think he's seen Bigfoot before, but I think some of the stuff that he uses to prove his stories, mm-hmm. it's just like that Stan, what's his face, who turned out later to be uh, arrested for child pornography that had oh, all geez. the UFO, the great alien stuff. Romanek, Stan Romanek. Oh yeah. I think that some of these guys do have these experiences, but then listen, I'm speculating here. Sure. I'm not trying to call anybody out yeah uh this is it my just reminded opinion. me of the case because he lobbied uh, a big part of his story was his uh excessive lobbying yeah, to the Canadian government there. i think a lot of that footage is i've insane. seen the movie uh and i gotta tell you there is some interesting things that uh that are quite compelling and yeah you know there, there's so much of these cases and we often discuss this on bigfoot collectors club is some of these best cases you know you just you you put in a little bit of uh disinformation or a little bit of um 
tomfoolery, and immediately the case just gets relegated to lore or myth because because there's as much proof uh, to disprove it as there sure. is to prove it, and so it almost just gets kind of uh, shuffled into a category, which most of these great cases do that you can neither confirm nor deny. Mm -hmm. Okay, so back to BCC News. Yes. Uh, we brought up Chicago a moment ago. Speaking of Chicago, mm. a large black entity with features similar of those to the Chicago Mothman was seen near the Illinois-Wisconsin border recently. According to a March 1st post on the WordPress site UFO Clearinghouse, a 37-year-old male truck driver was getting back on the road after a 10-minute pit stop when he spotted what looked like a man hunched over looking at something on the side of the road. Mm. As the driver approached, the being stood, turned to face the truck, revealing itself to be, quote, some kind of giant skinny man that looked at him with glowing red eyes. Yeah. <laughs> the creature then spread bat-like wings and flapped them and took off into the night sky. Awesome. Cryptozoologists, <laughs> stop laughing at our show. Sorry. This is the news. Crypt this is news. Cryptozoologists. <laughs> Cryptozoologists. Uh-huh. Look, we don't do fake news on this She's program. She's got me laughing at this. Crypto <laughs> Cryptozoologist Lon Strickler, who has been investigating the recent wave of 2017 Chicago Mothman sightings on his website, phantomsandmonsters.com, has added the encounter to the website's map of Mothman sightings since it occurred within 100 miles of the city. Mm. Stickler has also published a new book about the topic called The Mothman Dynasty. And that's BCC News. So there you go. That's you the go. latest in the cryptozoological world. Maria, have you ever heard of uh, Mothman? I think I've heard of, I guess it's a man, uh, him. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just know. I just found out that he had glowing eyes and yeah. bat wings. Yeah. I mean, Why don't they call exciting. him Batman? They right. should call him Batman. It's already oh, taken. Taken, man. A lot of these Chicago Mothman sightings, they describe the creature's wings being more bat-like than moth-like. Mm -hmm. How but many is, sightings are they've there? They've had over like 57 sightings of this thing in the Chicago area since... It's uh, a re-emergence, really. The, the most famous case uh, took place in the 60s in a place called Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and, mm -hmm. it, and it became immediately like cryptid lore um, because... Uh, Lauren Coleman wrote a famous book called The Mothman. It wasn't Lauren Coleman. Yeah, there was Mothman a movie, a, a movie oh, with sure. Richard Gere, The Mothman Prophecies. I've heard of it. I haven't and seen that's everything based that Richard on the Gere's actual made. Case. Yeah, so it's it's a very reputable case because uh, multiple witnesses in and around town saw the same thing. Oh, and uh, but it, it kind of ended in in something Christmas pretty horrific. Eve, a bridge in the, collapsed in the movie or no, in, in real life. life. In real life, uh, the Mothman made a bridge. Collapse? Well, they think he was a harbinger of doom or this, or. Oh. Or sort of a prophetic, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's a harbinger of doom. I guess that's so. A prophet. Yeah, but you can also be a harbinger of good news, can't you? I mean. Yeah, but he's a, pro <laughs> he's a prophet. He's got, glowing, he's got glowing red eyes. I know. I want. I still want to put like a good spin on these recent Mothman sightings. No, but. I don't think so. It's a giant black uh, man bat creature. Unless it's Bruce Wayne, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Uh, Maria. Yeah. Uh, what is your personal paranormal history? Uh, um. Well, we, we, uh, we had a paranormal experience last night. Oh, I forgot. We actually did. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do you want to tell this story? Well, I don't know. How, 
so we were we were doing a uh, we're at UCB Franklin we were, backstage. Yeah, we were, we're, we're, we're doing our show, Gravid yeah, Water. Yes. Real quick plug for Sunday of every month at seven thirty. Yes, <laughs> come be a part of it. And uh, um, should I name names? Actually, don't be a part of it. We're going to be on stage. Just come watch. <laughs> you it. can't be a part of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, an audience is a part of a performance, though. Yeah. Oh. Um, don't um, use any last names in this story. Thomas Middleditch. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was great. He was great. So, so we were. I had uh, was not very prepared for the show, and so I was running my bits. And um, again, this is why it did not work <laughs> out between us. <laughs> Let her talk. With Michael, and we're in this room that is like is like uh, is like a very narrow room. At the end of it is a bathroom. It's a d- dressing room. It's a dressing room. So at the end of it is a bathroom. And um um, Thomas Middleditch. No, it wasn't Thomas. It yes, was your it, buddy from. Uh, yes, it was. No, oh. This is why I don't believe any. No, it was that guy because no one really remembers anything. No, no, no. But listen, mm-hmm. I will. I would swear in a stack of Bibles right now that it was Thomas. Middleditch. It was not Thomas. He was at the show last night. It was that guy who's on that team convoy. He's skinny guy, dark hair, glasses. He was the one who walked in. I don't Look, know the guy's name. Oh, it was not that, Thomas. It, I think it's. Uh, I'll, I'll tell my version, but I think it was Thomas. No. Well, oh, let's just God. get to what happened. Anyway, this person that I think was Thomas, Michael thinks was somebody else. I guarantee. And th- this I know also for makes sure this this story just like uh, uh, like moot almost. <laughs> um, 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 came th- past us, went into the bathroom, and then um, we were talking. We were talking, and then. Someone else that I don't know, a lady came. It was just a one-person bathroom. Came out of the bathroom, Ooh, and it was switcheroo. like it was a switcheroo, but it wasn't like a lady that looked like Thomas Middleditch. It was Alex. Alex was the one who walked in, and you stood up and greeted him and gave him a hug. Then he walked to the bathroom, and we were talking. He was and there, but I don't. I don't. It was know him. It was and then him. two minutes later, a woman came out of the bathroom. This story is bad because we don't remember. <laughs> well, now we're some well, amazing we can't, part we of can't it. We can start spreading rumors that Thomas Middleditch is a shapeshifter. Plus, Thomas was there for the rest of the night performing the show. Oh, that Alex actually was not that there. makes it even weirder. If it's your version where Alex was there. And um, then never was appeared again. Well, guess what? We are clearly this didn't happen because you can't even remember who it was walking in. No, it did happen. This is the only this is the only thing I believe in. (laughs) 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 This is my this is my I'm going to start a podcast about this. I saw a guy named Alex go into the one person bathroom (laughs) and then a completely different person came out. That's a little weird. Did you then check the bathroom to see if anyone was still in there? There might have been a secret passageway in there. Or hmm. maybe just some hanky-panky going on and they yeah. staggered Ooh. exit. Like uh, Mile High Club style? Yeah. Hmm, could be. I mean, uh, this is this is off topic a little bit, but since you mentioned that you and I dated, the first day I met, the first night I met you, and when I was like, maybe Michael's pretty cute, is because is you told a story, which I'm sure you told here. I've told it on this. Yeah, with Mary Holland, the ghost story about yeah. Rose Gruno. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, that was it really cool. it really piqued I, my interest. That's how I get all my ladies. <laughs> I tell them the ghost story. <laughs> it only the interest only lasts. Hey girl, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you about the time I saw something from the beyond. Wait, why don't you sit down next to me? <laughs> is that I'll why we're doing this podcast? All yeah. About it. yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to help people. Um, Okay, but okay, uh, whether or not we saw a shapeshifter in the bathroom of <laughs> UCB Franklin, yeah. whether or not it was Thomas Middleditch, 
I don't think it was him. Maybe he presented himself as somebody different to me. Uh, I mean, I, I do I do have had uh, experiences where I do definitely believe in energy. Like like that, what? Okay. That's good. Yeah, go on. Oh, no, no, sorry. No. I just had an idea. That's why. Oh, okay. I was saying, <laughs> that's, you're so That's how you get an Michael. idea. You go, huh? You point <laughs> your fingers towards this yes. guy. <laughs> I thought he was telling me to shut up. Um, 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 that that you get in, you go into a space and you feel an energy and it feels spooky or negative or positive or you absolutely. Know, I I think that. Well, speaking of a space that's spooky, I'm surprised that you haven't told us about how you bought a haunted hotel. <laughs> I didn't buy it. It was it was uh, it was gifted to my mother. Um, but actually, when I was talking about a. Um, energy i was thinking about that haunted hotel let's hear about it well there is supposedly a ghost it was it was where is it first of all paint the picture it's in okay it's it's this hotel that was um my great-grandfather built it and um and then he lost it because he was this terrible. This is in with Montana. It's in Montana, hmm. yes, in the tiny town of Montana. There used to be a railroad going through there, and it, they built this big hotel. And then, like seven years later, the railroad was like, "No, we don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> we don't want to be. We don't want to. We want to reroute." And so the hotel failed, and um, it it went into disrepair. And um, it was it's a huge hotel, but like the last person who bought it bought it for like five thousand dollars. And it's filled like, it up with old dolls, didn't they? Well, oh I mean, God. when I saw it as a child, um, m- because my mother wanted to um, um, take over it, I mean, it was never actually... It sounds like the saddest John Irving novel I've ever read. <laughs> it really read. is. It's true. <laughs> it gets sadder. It's so... so, uh, so but this it was, is like a Wes Anderson script <laughs> that he couldn't get to work, so he abandoned it. <laughs> So it was bought by it was bought by a guy that showed us around when I was a kid, and I just remember the roof was falling. Was literally it was there was rain coming in through the roof. There was there was rain dropping on my head. Um, there was dead pigeons all around. Um, um, it was it, and then someone else bought it after that, and uh, tried to fix it up, and he eventually died in it and gave it to my mother. He said that there he was he died in it. Yeah, died in, and he had like eleven cats. Wow! But and this place has a weird energy. But I don't. I don't think that he haunts it. I don't think that is. Um, I don't think he haunts it. I think that he said that there was a ghost named Manny, um, that was the cook at the hotel. Hmm. <laughs> is that? Um, I don't know. I, anyway, may so, I ask why? He, why did he gift it to your mother? I mean, you don't often hear about let's somebody not gifting past Manny. Well, you don't often hear about <laughs> somebody gifting a hotel to somebody. Well, That's the first time I've ever calling heard it a like hotel. That. I mean, it's it's is a very strong word. It's it's a big wreck. It's right. it's not no. You couldn't pay anyone to stay in it. You know, it has no running water or electricity. So it's like a decrepitated building. Yes, it's like when you're in it, you're constantly thinking like how how much time you have before it falls on your head hmm. can we talk about manny yes um um uh, manny um has a room in the 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 top of the hotel um uh raymond who is the person that owned the hotel he said that he saw manny a lot raymond was also uh, um, emotionally distressed well <laughs> i don't know if i would i don't know if i would like i would he like... was the living embodiment of the hotel <laughs> beyond <He> would... <laughs> disrepair 
be on my like uh, like uh, if if something is hurt, if I'm hurt, like contact this person. You know what I mean? He's not on right. your emergency contact. He's not an emergency. Let me contact. ask you this: <laughs> If someone who was not Thomas Middleditch walked into the hotel, <laughs> would he then, within less than twenty four hours, insist that it was Thomas Middleditch? Uh, y- yes. Are you saying that I'm like Manny? Yeah. I mean, not no, Manny Raymond. Raymond. <laughs> I'm just asking. On a scale from Maria's brain to normal, where does Raymond fall yeah. on the scale? I feel like I feel like uh uh he's he's like in the middle of um. Does your mom still have the place? Yeah, she does. <clears throat> she does, and she re- she has a totally different um feeling about it. She like loves it, hmm. feels happy there, but she also she really loves it. But she also won't. It's very difficult for her to be upstairs in the hotel by herself. Has she ever reported seeing it, anything or? No. 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 I'm sorry. I'm the most boring. No. Guest in the no. World. Not at I, all. Um, you inherited so a haunted hotel. Yeah. Yeah, That's but amazing. nothing happens in it. Well, I think stuff is clear. What are you talking about? There's a haunted, there's a ghost of a cook there. I mean, it looks really creepy. If you were in it, you would want something to. So what's happening with it right now? Um, It's, um, it's my mom. It's on the National Historic um, Register. It's like my mom is trying to get oh, it wow. into a, like a, a place that people stay. So I shouldn't actually and talk is it being fixed crap up? about it. The they need a lot of money to fix the foundation so it doesn't fall. You might want to capitalize off the fact that it's haunted. People dig yeah. that stuff. I, have you been to Savannah, true. Georgia? Yes, I have. Because yeah. our writers but, have, our listeners have written in about uh, really, yeah, bed and breakfasts that are like they they kind of brag that they're a, a haunted. I place. went to Savannah, Georgia, and I really wanted to see uh, something. I've I when I was a kid, I really was so afraid of seeing a ghost. Mm. Um, and now. I'd love to see one. What would that mean for you if you like, it would saw mean, a ghost? It would mean everything. If yeah. I saw a ghost, it would mean that there was more than this. It would be like it would be the best. I mm-hmm. wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. No one has been has been killed by a ghost that get, we know of. I mean, I think it's safe to say that no one has been killed by a ghost. We we would we would wouldn't that be like something that someone that, that we would hear about? Have you ever heard of the Bell Witch of Tennessee? Maybe you need to listen to episode two. Yeah, there's. <laughs> is it is that a ghost or a witch? It was sort of a poltergeist entity. Could have been a demon, and she definitely killed the patriarch of the household. This is in the 1800s. By so. by scaring them to death. Well, uh, she killed him in his. She made him sick and like killed him in his sleep. She poisoned his food and stuff. It could have been a uh, spoiler alert. It could have been a phantom thread situation where maybe the wife was. <laughs> A little mm-hmm. sick of this braggadocio. Farmer, but I know what but you mean. You get, wouldn't feel get, threatened. Yes, if I get poisoned by a ghost over time, well, you know, shit happens. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> it's true. At that point, aren't you really to blame? <laughs> <laughs> you are eating all these ghost-prepared meals. <laughs> but I thought, like, I would see a ghost, and then I would, like, when as a kid, I was th- I thought that I would see a ghost, and then something awful would happen. And now I know I would see a ghost, and I would feel like, whoa, we can live forever. I would be so happy. It would confirm the afterlife or something thereof. Yes, yes. Interesting. Yes. Where do you fall on Bigfoot? Um, (laughs) oh my God. Um, I, I, 
Sure. I feel like all this stuff will, will probably be, um, everyone has a phone in their pocket, like a camera in their pocket. In the next 10 years, if no one has a good picture of Bigfoot, then no. It's a great argument. I mean, you still, know, I still th we think the best photographic evidence of Bigfoot is it took place in 1967. So you bring up a very valid point. Here we are in this uh, modern time where everybody has a cell phone. You'd think mm. you'd be getting some incredible yeah. images of poltergeists, of Bigfoot. Yes. But the other thing yeah, that we've learned... Here, oh, sorry. No, uh, the other thing. I'm sorry. I uh, the other thing that we, <laughs> I feel like we're discovering is that people, even with Instagram and phones and everything, like people aren't all that great at taking pictures. Or <laughs> That's true too. I mean, I know. Uh, yeah, I don't I know. Mean, you know more about it than me. Like, what do the pictures now of ghosts look like? Well, because I remember as a kid, I I would. Have you was... seen the 2018 Ghost Yearbook? It's pretty fascinating. <laughs> Well, you know, no, a lot there's not one. Oh, I'm just being a dick. <laughs> you should start that. Being a dick, yeah. Ghost yearbook. That's cool. That would yeah. be pretty sweet. I don't know. I just feel like, uh, also, too, I still think that even though we're so used to having cameras in our phones and everything, I've tried to, like, my dog will be in a cute position in front of me, and I will, by the time I reach for my phone, fucking unlock the code, get it on, switch it from video to camera or whatever, she's already moved. So, like, there is a thing where you have to react really quickly to get this stuff. Well, not only that, I mean, you know, some would argue that uh, they have the, uh, whatever these things are, whether they're Bigfoot or poltergeist, mm -hmm. I mean, have the ability to make themselves recorded on our instruments or, or, or prevent right. themselves from being but, recorded. But just think, you have know? you ever had, like, your parents take a photo of you and a friend or something like that? <laughs> have you watched anyone above... <laughs> 50 yeah. try to operate a camera on a cell phone right right we're not there yet we're not there yet as no. a human species well, and you know before maria came in she had said you know i had never seen a ufo video and me immediately michael and i start googling <laughs> and i was like here's a great one taken from a pentagon f-18 fighter yes. pilot yeah. exactly so and guess what footage exists and nobody thinks to look at it and they think it's all bullshit well, well what did you think what did you think of that yeah Bigfoot, uh, I feel like. are they did well, yeah. you know that bigfoot might be an alien we we've discussed we've oh, really? we've explored like interdimensional creature. That we've explored a connection portals? between cryptid, um, whether you call them monsters or something, but also there's a vast connection uh, between, let's say, Bigfoot and um, aliens, and also uh, spirits or elves. Uh, there seems to be a a pretty good connection. Um, to For all example, these stories of like fairy stuff that happened mm -hmm. in the seventeen, like stories of the popular like seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds. A lot of those stories involve like children or people disappearing in a fairy circle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then coming back and have had experiences of missing time and they see little gnome creatures that are three foot high. That's and that what they, they might, talk about when they Yeah, they're, like uh -huh. the, the old stories. And then if you the look at the parallels of like fairy folklore with UFO folklore, folklore they're very similar to like modern day abduction cases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's an idea that some of the, whatever this other thing is the other mm -hmm. has sort of shifted shape shifted as our culture has shifted over time mm -hmm. where 300 400 years ago they might appear as fairies or leprechauns now they appear as our technology evolves they appear as flying spacecraft and mm -hmm. alien greys mm -hmm. yeah you know the they seem huh. to uh, a great ufologist jacques valet seemed to make a note that you know, whatever these things people are experiencing, whether location or whether time period, they seem to always be about just about just 
ahead of our technological prowess or, or what we're perceiving in modern day. So, you know, the UFOs of the 1960s are different than the UFOs that we showed you today in 2018, you know. Uh, they, they sort of move along with our timeline. They evolve. Uh-huh. They change. They uh-huh. haven't stayed placid. Um, you know, whatever it is that these people are experiencing, whether they're elves or fairies in the Middle Ages up to uh, today's modern three-foot gray aliens, they have adapted and they have moved along with our um, species evolution and, and, and that they and might come from another dimension and from other dimensions we m- might emerge uh, creatures like Bigfoot or the Mothman. Mm-hmm. And that's why we don't get a lot of footage of them or find them in their force because they're, they're able to walk the line between uh, our world and the other world. Well, and there's another commonality between, like, let's say, fairies or, or UFOs or aliens. You know, they, they can appear out of nowhere and they can disappear out of nowhere. And there's a, you know, the, the case that I'll share with you today, which is the high strangeness case, I'll be able to, you know, highlight some of these commonalities of, of uh, these experiences um, from the people who have experienced them. And, and yeah, there's a, you know, Michael lent me a book, Supernatural by Graham Hancock, and he does a wonderful a job of, uh, of laying out the evidence of the commonalities from, from the uh, hunter-gatherer societies in uh, pre-industrial times um, all the way up to the Middle Ages of the fairies, all the way up to present-day UFO abduction experiences. There's a, there's a very, very, um, I would say, thick thread of commonality that... Uh, you know, which makes it all very would interesting. You ever, can, would can you I, ever do? Can I ask a question? Yeah, sure. I don't want to dumb down because I know that your listeners like are like. So I don't want to. So you can just like be like, no. We don't even know we... if there's people actually listening. <laughs> Great. <laughs> then this is just for me. Um. So 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 are is there physical evidence? Tons. Okay, because that's what I because like like the, what we start what Michael and I started out trying to tell a story like mm-hmm. I don't believe in people's experiences. Well, I think people's experiences are I think something happened, it, but I think that like well you proved that yes that's what I'm saying yourself. Like, I'm just saying, I'm saying I was right and no, you're wrong. Okay, no, it's a great point. But, I mean, listen, you know, and 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 here's what can get so frustrating for guys like Michael and I is is there's such a plethora of physical evidence, but even even in our materialist world, we don't want to look at that and say, well, that'll that'll suffice, you know? Um, you can talk about cases where you have multiple witnesses seeing the same thing, leaving trace evidence on the ground where the UFO landed, uh-huh. uh, scoop marks, uh, implantations, uh, actual physical Implants. devices left in people's bodies that are taken out by doctors what? and, and examined under in, microscopic... Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that today. And a lot of this stuff is sent off to... Labs agencies and, and labs, and it's not returned, doesn't come back, or it comes up inconclusive, and it's just kind of forgotten about. Well, and people don't want to look at the evidence, you know. I mean, it's, and it, I think it's the it can government be... has a lot of the physical evidence. They said in that report from the New York Times from December 18th, they were talking about how the Pentagon has a warehouse facility. This is confirmed. Yeah. With recovered materials. High technology mm-hmm. materials we've uh not of our own. Not literally of our, that's yeah. what they're saying. And Harry Reid was behind one of the guys Senator Harry Reid was behind mm-hmm. a lot of this yeah. stuff. And they still shut down the program due to disinterest. I mean, so there that just goes to show you like Well, they the, the program is He says it's still going, running. It's the, still running, but the, the head guy, of the director the guy Louis who, Alizondo. He left. He left because there's still a stigma within the Pentagon, within mm-hmm. the government itself. This was such top secret stuff that they were not allowed to talk about it. And within the departments, they were interdepartments. If it was brought up or if it cleared certain areas, 
ever, there were huge portions of the military in the Pentagon that was yeah. like, that's bullshit, because they didn't have access <laughs> to this information. And one of the reasons he quit was he said, I can actually do more good raising awareness of this stuff by not being in the Pentagon mm-hmm. anymore and talking about it He's publicly. With- and there are still things that are top secret classified top secret that he cannot speak he's about. working with that dude from blink 182 now who's got his own well uh, but you know who else was involved with that whole thing was uh robert bigelow yeah yeah uh, who we he's brought up a big, number of times he's yeah. another big player in the field all right before we move yes. on so you uh ghosts you're open to bigfoot sure ufos maybe probably no not. i feel like ufos much more than big okay. bigfoot actually i mean cool. there's there's that's like infinite possibilities of things coming yeah. you know no we're, right. tr- we're trying to get out there so yeah. i'm i must it mu- it's in my imagination that somebody who's like more advanced yes than we are, well, i just think it's hard to keep a secret and they must be better beings than us by not fucking us up oh yeah you know? well i think because that, if, as soon as we got to a planet we would not well i think that that's the thing you have to i, I always think of two things one they evolved uh, long enough that they didn't destroy themselves as a civilization. Mm-hmm. So they evolved long enough to gain the technology and the power to um, achieve inter, inter uh, dimensional travel, interdimensional travel, or intergalactic travel. And then two, I think that whoever's being sent over, they're probably like when we go to. I say this all the time. I'm sorry, I repeat myself, but there's. It's like we're studying animals, or we might study. Um, ants, you know, they're they're trying to not get involved. They might tag us. Sort of the Star Trek us. Prime Directive. Yeah, you know, they're they're trying not don't get involved in their they, affairs. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, high strange story of the week with Bryce. Hey guys, Bryce Johnson here. Each week, we post exclusive photos with our guests and great visual aids on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on Facebook and Twitter at Bigfoot underscore C Club. Check them out. You don't want to miss them. Thanks for listening. And we're back. And we're and back. it's time for High Strangeness. Yeah, and before I get into that, I wanted to offer some statistical information, which I think is great, which might uh, shed some light on the modern-day experience. In, in, the, in an exhaustive series of three national polls conducted by the Roper Organization in 1991 um, has established that approximately one out of every five adult Americans has, at one time or another in their lives, um, woken up paralyzed with the sense of a strange figure or presence in the room. In addition, nearly one adult in eight has experienced a period of one hour or more in which he or she was apparently lost but could not remember why. One adult in ten has felt the experience of actually flying through the air without knowing why or how. One adult in twelve has seen unusual lights or balls of light in a room without understanding what was causing them. And one adult in twelve has discovered puzzling scars on his or her body without remembering how or where they were acquired. And based on the sample of nearly 6,000 respondents, um, that puts it at about one out of every 50 adult Americans may have had a UFO abduction experience. That is... That is... That is... Sorry. That seems... Probably backing you up a lot. Like a lot of bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like... I feel like I can say myself for all those things. What? Uh been scared at night because there might Maria, be a person. Maria. Um, um, Why uh, have you forgotten about me, Maria? <laughs> All those wonderful nights we spent together. Are you the alien that abducted me? <laughs> oh, don't act like you don't know me. <laughs> well, and you know, I would have continued this relationship if you had just. <laughs> you're right. These seem like common up on time experiences. Seeing, seeing 
missing spots in a room, sure, I have glaucoma. Um, 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 what are the other ones? Well, uh, not forget, forgetting where you were for an hour at a time. You just yeah, described that's every Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you just described who Maria is yeah. in yeah. a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also. I think she might have been abducted by aliens. Which is why I think... That would explain more than just why you are the way you are. Which is why I think you're going to like this high strangeness uh, portion of the podcast because this is uh, not so much an incident, but this is a person who has lent more credibility to the field of these uh, abduction experiences than probably any other... Any other person and collected stories and collected. of high strangeness himself. And this is the story of John E. Mack, Harvard PhD. Um, John Edward Mack was a Pulitzer Prize winning biographer and a professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. He won the Pulitzer in biography in 1977 for A Prince of Our Disorder. It was a biography of T.E. Lawrence, a British officer stationed in the Middle East who became known as Lawrence of Arabia. So in 1990, Longtime Fred Bud Hopkins, who's considered sort of the father uh, of abduction phenomena, um, he's a, he was an, uh, Bob, Bud Hopkins was an American painter and sculptor. He introduced John Mack to the complex world of UFOs, alien visitation, and abductions. Now, initially, John was uh, suspected that such persons were suffering from some sort of type of mental illness or perhaps hallucinations. Have you met my friend Maria? <laughs> <laughs> or hallucinations. But when no obvious pathologies were present in the persons he began to interview, he knew there must be more to the story. So with that, John Mack commenced on a decade-long study of over 200 men and women who reported recurrent alien encounter experiences, including, but not limited to, being taken aboard alien spacecraft, aliens performing surgeries on their abductees, and leaving implants, visible scars, and possibly the most strange is the abductees being shown what appears to be an alien-human hybrid breeding program. Um, now, many of those he interviewed reported that their encounters had deeply affected the way they regarded the world, including producing, producing a heightened sense of spirituality and environmental concern. To this day, John Mack remains one of the most esteemed academics to have ever studied the subject, um, which is a great thing for, for uh, you know, the UFO field, <laughs> obviously. Um, now, but not only that, he was criticized by his peers for taking um, the abduction reports at face value. You know, Mack always said, um, I don't believe these, you know, it's not about belief because belief is such a, it's, con it's a contaminated word, but mm -hmm. I take them seriously. Quote, I don't have a way to account for them, adding, I would never say, yes, there are aliens taking people, but. I would say there is a compelling, powerful phenomenon here that I can't account for in any other way that's mysterious. Yet I, I can't know what it is, but it seems to me that it invites a deeper, further inquiry. Uh, Mac noted there was a wonderful history of visionary experiences, especially in pre-industrial hunter-gatherer societies. Um, he also suggested that these accounts might be best to be considered as part of the larger tradition of uh, visionary and shamanic encounters with spirits. Um, his interest in the spiritual and transformational aspects of people's alien encounters um, and his suggestion that the experience of alien contact itself may be more transcendent than physical in nature, yet nonetheless real. He set him apart from many of his contemporaries, uh, such as his buddy Bud Hopkins, who advocated the physical reality of aliens. Um, so here's a guy, a Harvard PhD, I believe he was the head of his uh, department's uh, psychology mm -hmm. division, who who really took on a case that was uh, that was pretty much taboo, and he was almost crucified for it. 
it's cool. He's kind of the guys that um, that like Venkman and um, Stans mm. and Ghostbusters are based on these parapsychologists. Like, the, like he's he's like the real version. Yeah. Although they were dealing with ghosts, this was kind of that that field of study of, yeah. of course, sort of going into fringe psychology. Yeah. Sure. It's, it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting also how he um, uh, parses it because he doesn't say that there's aliens. He just says, "I take these people seriously." Yeah. Which you I. I that's so respectful and um well, and, and, and that there's something I, I do believe for sure um that there is i mean there's so much that we don't know and who knows whether it's aliens or jesus christ or yeah. like whatever buddha maybe, consciousness maybe whatever it's, maybe it's like it's it's what we're it, it's sort of like what you were saying about like how the alien how they they change their um, shapeshift. Sh- they shapeshift. Sure. Maybe we are <clears throat> shapeshifting. Maria. What, 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 what we say? Yes, alien. <laughs> I have been standing before you, <laughs> an alien in front of a woman, <laughs> trying you know, to show you my love. You know, Maria. He was just like you when you walked in here. He had really no personal interest uh-huh. or experience. Same with, with Linda Uf- S. Godfrey with UFO phenomenon and the dogman shit. He was sucked into this world. Um, now, where it gets interesting is they really, his Harvard peers, they, they were not too excited about mm-hmm. all this, needless to say. And in May 1994, the dean of Harvard Medical School appointed a committee of peers to confidentially review Mac's clinical investigation of the people who had shared their alien encounters. Um, in a BBC article written by Angela Hyatt, she writes, and I quote, It was the first time in Harvard's history that a tenured professor was subjected to an investigation. Mac described the investigation as Kafka-esque. He never quite knew the status of this ongoing investigation, and the nature of his critics' complaint were, were not revealed to Mac until the committee had prepared a draft report eight months into the process. Now, the committee chairman said, quote, To communicate in any way whatsoever to a person who has reported a close encounter with an extraterrestrial life form that this experience might well have been real is professionally irresponsible. Also stating, you know, John, listen, if you would have just claimed that this was an unknown psychological syndrome, we wouldn't have had such a problem with it. But since you started saying, you know, people are being taken by little green men, mm-hmm. we got a problem here. First of all, no was one he, calls it little green men. Also, that is what, not an expression that people that's fucking right. use. Also, was yeah. he saying that or he was just saying, like, I'm listening to these people? He was j- – well, so, you know, what, what – what would happen was he would use um, regression therapy. So a lot of these cases kind of came to him, and um, and they would regress in therapy, and he would start to under un- uncover vast commonalities. Is of it like, under hypnosis? Yes, under regressional hypnosis. And these people. So let's say, it's like tricky. you were talking that's about, a, that's a I've thing. seen something in my room. It was a light. Mm-hmm. I can't explain, but they know there's more. So they reach out to these people who are being taken seriously, like psychiatrists. I've been John telling Mack. Maria for years yeah. that she would just undergo <laughs> hypnosis. <laughs> Maybe she would remember. Will you please stay out of my bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blacksor has access to everything. Yeah. Blacksor well, sees all. Under, under still respectful oh, of Maria. <laughs> under regression, you know, these people um, would would find out uh, some terrifying, terrifying things. Some some not so terrifying. A lot of the uh, a lot of these abductees had uh, a strange feeling of uh, of um, a connection to or a spiritual thing. But it gets really weird. Um, where do I want to go with this? Oh, so in the during the investigation, um, John found support from Harvard professor of law, Alan Dershowitz, who questioned the validity, validity of investigating a tenured professor who was not suspected of ethics violations or professional misconduct. 
So they just um, didn't like him because he was talking about UFOs. Yeah, no, Wait, it's very Alan true. Dershowitz? He's that, a he's a famous law professor okay, out of yes, Harvard. Yeah. Um, but what he uncovered oh. is from these these testimonies of over two hundred men and women, mm-hmm. um, really just changed his whole world paradigm. Which often happens with these researchers who go into these things. Um, you know, to mention another guy, Rick Strassman, he was a professor out of New Mexico who wrote a book called DMT, The Spirit Molecule. It was the first government condoned research into um, injecting actual DMT into volunteers. Mm-hmm. And he just went into this, you know, going, hey, I want to learn if there's any, you know, kind of medical. Kind of like a sleep study almost. Yeah, yeah. And then these people were like, I'm in another dimension. There's, I'm describing speaking to higher intelligent yes. beings. What's common here really is that cool as soon as they go under, they say there is an I am experiencing other forms of intelligent life around me in this physical dimension. And you know what's what's interesting about that case, and I'm kind of getting off the topic of Mac, but you know, he conducted this in a laboratory where these people experienced like going to other places. Meanwhile, they're right there in a lab gown. You know, um, oh, they're like not their, going in their, anywhere just in their minds, in their minds or in their consciousness. You know, but what is the mind? Yeah. What is consciousness? We do it every night when we go to sleep and we yeah. dream. That, yeah. that you book do it is every incredible, single second by the way. You it's sitting on the bookshelf right there. Yeah, it, it, that's it, worthy of an episode of it. Of oh, yeah. It really is. Yeah. And, and we'll have to crack into that. But let's veer back to John. Ain't Mack no party like a DMT party. And he, you know, he felt that is true. He felt that these I wouldn't know. These people were experiencing <laughs> something so so traumatic, so life altering uh-huh. that, that they needed a champion, and and he really became that champion and and uh, uncovered all kinds of commonalities of. Uh, Will you of tell these us a story that you were telling me about the school kids that he that what was that the well yeah the 60 so kids so towards the end of his life he was. Um, you know, he was killed by a drunk driver, I believe, in 1990, uh, oh, no. in, in 2004. So I might have that wrong. But was it a drunk driver or was it the Winter Soldier? Yeah, I know. Who knows? Or the Mothman. Uh, I don't know who the Winter Soldier Well, is. towards the end of his life, Dr. Mack embraced... You a- would never see Marvel <laughs> movies with me. <laughs> if you had just come to see Captain America, the Winter Soldier, you would understand my references. You just don't get me, Maria, and now I'm remembering why. Would you imagine? It did not work out. You should regress and see if that there, there actually is that alien for you. Uh, oh my God, that sounds like my friend Michael doing the alien. <clears throat> um, towards the end of his life, Mac embraced a worldview inspired by elements of spiritual and philosophical traditions, which hold that we're all connected to one another. Before he was killed by a drunk driver in September 2004, Dr. John Mack and his research associates. Uh, Dominique Kalinopoulos traveled to Zimbabwe to research one of the most mm. extraordinary group sightings in UFO history, and in recent times, it's simply known as the Aerial Phenomenon. On September 16, 1994, at the Aerial Primary School in Rua, Zimbabwe, 60 children reported seeing a landing UFO, a landed UFO during recess, upon which two occupant, occupants exited the craft and started floating towards the children. Now, this sparked an immense interest in uh, in, in something like this because here's 60 kids out playing when they all see this craft land on a hillside and they all started taking draw. You know, they all would draw pictures of of what they saw and these two. They all describe the same thing. Um, 60 kids. I mean, There's something it's, you about- know. You know who's easy to manipulate? 
children. children. No, but <laughs> you know who's easy to control what they do is children. No, but there's the thing. But there are tons of cases. There's one that I've, Graham Hancock has talked about. There was another recess thing where these kids in I think Ireland or England saw gnome-like creatures all descend in tiny cars. Yeah, tiny during cars. recess. You, you guys, uh, sorry. I, I just remembered that I do know someone that had an alien abduction. Oh. Okay. Um. Um. But he was a pathological liar. Right. Well, you know. Um, um, not um, mutually um, exclusive. <laughs> no, it's not. Of course, it's not. Why? Well, but, w- but 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 uh, but but uh, where? Like, if there's implants, like. We're like we're like if there's so many implants that people that people are having this experience, there must be some physical evidence that's not controlled by the government. That's that, the Roger Lear episode. You know? We did that. Sorry, we'll have to check that one out. No, sorry, but, I will. But you know, I want. I will ad- listen to I, it. I, I want to address what now you. Now you're finally. <laughs> now I am. My language. I understand. I, I want to address what you say <laughs> about you know your friend who was a pathological liar because this is what obviously John Mack was was hesitant to get into it because. So many of these abductees, what they have in common is they don't want to tell their story. Look, I'm they into don't, John Mack. You know, they don't, I, I'm into John Mack. He sounds cool. They don't want to be part of this club. Yeah. You know, they don't want to. They they're hesitant of telling their story. You mm-hmm. know, they're they feel feelings of a shame. They're they, you know they're they're not just people who like, hey, I, I have an alien story. I'd love to tell you. You know, I mean, these are people who have had a traumatic experience and yeah. what he's finding when uh, under their regression is that this isn't just like something that these people are making up there is a real phenomenon happening yeah and what's interesting is when you start to mesh the real phenomenon of, of their stories with actual physical trace evidence like the video we just showed you which just is like hey something is taking place in this world and it and it's kind of breaking down our mm-hmm. our materialist uh, paradigm. You know, something's happening. Like, yeah. Did he? Um, were there like specific stuff? Like, did he come to a conclusion of like, okay, I think alien greys exist? Are there any cases of like being specific beings or specific creatures that would talk to his patients? The aliens appear to be consummate shapeshifters. Wrote Mac, often appearing initially to the abductees as animals. Owls, eagles, raccoons, and deer are among creatures abductees have seen initially. The aliens themselves seem to be able to change or disguise their form and may appear initially to the abductees as various kinds of animals or even as ordinary human beings. John Mack also confirms that their shape-shifting abilities extend to their vehicles, which would explain um, that case in Ireland when they when they came out as like almost little clown figures mm-hmm. driving little cars. And all the kids say... You know, yeah, they look like little clowns, which which begs the question, you know, where did the idea of clowns come from? I mean, were, are these something that, you know... Oh, yeah. Uh, are, anyway. I have, I have a question for you guys. Sure. Have you, have you guys discussed um, what, um, like, different religions and, and aliens and... Um, Mythography? No, no, mythology. That's mythology. Yeah, no, absolutely. But like, but just like different, the, the different things that keep like Joseph Campbell kind of like the yeah. same story yeah, the that everybody keeps ta- talking yeah, about. Comparative yeah, comparative mythology. Yeah. We, we, we brought this up in I think episode fourteen, thirteen mm-hmm. or fourteen. I think it was with uh, Michael Morisi. We were talking about with the Verona alien landing. The monomyth came up, uh-huh. and like we've barely scratched the surface on this. All but, religions but, of the world share a commonality that. Um, that there's something, their creation story mm-hmm. takes place of something from the sky, some mm-hmm. sort of godlike serpentine creatures. They mm-hmm. all have experiences of 
of sort of um in supernatural they have they found cave paintings of in in uh i think this is in like south america and central america yeah but they have like there's a tradition where the sh- ancient shamans used to teach uh their tribes knowledge that they would learn after descend uh, ascending into the sky mm-hmm. and being pierced with lances mm-hmm and then gaining knowledge and experience from a higher intelligence and then coming back down and teaching their tribe and now a lot of times so they're experiencing it, this it's it, it's 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 uh it's married with pain well yeah. but here's the in here's the thing so a lot of the times they were doing uh drinking ayahuasca and doing ayahuasca ceremonies uh-huh. to reach these states of consciousness to access that other world mm-hmm. but the pierced man is very similar to UFO cases of people being taken up into the sky and then operated on uh-huh, with the uh-huh, needles. Uh-huh. Like there's that famous shot from Fire in the Sky, the Travis Walton story, where there's that like long needle piercing his eyeball. And yeah, this test the, the, these s- the surgery ones. Right. Uh, uh, Jerry, one of Max's patients, remembered an abduction in which she was brought into a large spaceship with a domed roof and then into a circular room which uh, was shiny and metallic. Here, small, dark, human-like beings performed incomprehensible tests on on other bodies uh, under the guidance of a taller, lighter entity who she thought of as the leader. So there's a commonality of like all these like tiny little gray aliens mm-hmm. performing surgeries. And where it gets really weird is uh, is sort of the sexual encounters that a lot of these abductees have revealed and and being shown their their kind of alien hybrid children, you know. Um, and that's what compares to the, you know, the old fairy lores. Um, and, you know, in fairy lore, they were always trying to take human babies. And yeah. that's where the, mm-hmm. the changeling myth came from was that a fairy queen or a fairy king would take a, a human child and replace it with a, a, a changeling, hybrid. which was sort of this like dummy baby or mm-hmm. this baby that looked a like a baby that wasn't listless. And they think, small, a, and they think a lot of this stuff may have come from illnesses or things that were happening with children at the time and people were sort of like this is not my baby this is a sick baby mm-hmm. and maybe the baby dies mm-hmm. in one of the ways it's like it's been taken by the fairies if you remember peter pan he was a child that was taken by the fairies in the kensington garden but there, but in the monomyth of fairies and aliens there's a recurring theme of the alien consciousness trying to merge their themselves with the physical beings of humans and so you get these stories of alien human hybrids and for some reason they're trying to merge the two of them now it's it's i don't know what that's about i don't know if it's just subject testing Uh and trying to create you know weird chimeras through mad science but like this is a that is one of the reoccurring things themes that happens in a lot of this folklore is there is there part of like alien like I mean, people really. Uh, is there a part of alien belief that there is a it's it's a higher intelligence in terms of like Absolutely. taking care of? I mean, I feel like that's a, that's a definite need in um, people. I mean, I think that's why some sort of we well, got Trump as a every president, you know, like <laughs> somebody was like, we need someone to take yeah. care of us. He's no, a common theme is like nuclear proliferation, um, the danger of our uh, of our economy and our environmental standards. Mm-hmm. We are we are depleting this this plan you know some would say that that maybe uh you know he seemed to have a sense that whatever these things were perhaps they didn't come from an extraterrestrial source in other words they didn't come from planet zeta reticuli Mm -hmm. but perhaps that they were already here Mm -hmm. on this material plane Mm -hmm. and here we are as a human evolution species developing and overtaking these natural resources Mm -hmm. and they're saying you know they're on another dimension saying hey 
you're fucking up our world too. The um mm-hmm. the Celts had something in their <coughs> mythology called the Darwin She, mm. and it's where the term Sith comes from. And like that Lucas borrowed that. Sure. And the Darwin She were like the the hinter people, the other people, and they fit into the category of the alien greys or the fairy folk that they were of another dimension that could interact with this world and would often take other people from this world into their world. Hmm. And I think that there is something to the idea of what if these aliens, whatever they are, really do exist in a parallel dimension yeah. mm-hmm. that is more of a spiritual, a higher spiritual plane than mm-hmm. than ours, right? Yeah, no. And so because you have the same, the missing time, all this stuff in the old stories men who wandered into the fairy kingdom and ate the food would be trapped there forever or yeah. would would come back and years hours if not years had passed and so maybe that's what this is and maybe there is some to the idea of this they are from another realm yeah. completely trying to but they they have almost a better understanding of the natural world mm-hmm. than we do we're trapped in we are connected to nature but we are so heavily material materialistic are, as yeah. well. John Mack had a sense that alien abductions are more spiritual rather than a material problem, but nevertheless real and able to manifest themselves in this world. And that's where it gets so interesting for me. And, and I know you bring this up too. Where's the physical evidence, you know? And you hear of these accounts, but when you actually look at the case studies and you, you're you able to combine physical trace evidence with mm-hmm. these people's account testimony, that's where things get really creepy and weird and you know i was just mike and i on the way over here we were talking about the brooklyn bridge abduction case now this is a case where we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about this more later but here's a case where you have witnesses on the brooklyn bridge seeing a lady being lifted by a ray beam and five little gray aliens in a fetal position next to her. Including a UN ambassador and two of his bodyguards. Two of his bodyguards. But, ev- but eyewitness testimony, in, ter- in even in terms, of, this is what I'm t- talking about. Is like, is like the phys- it, eyewitness testimony is like worthless. In like courts if, of law, it's if, like worthless. If it's even you, you make- trying to identify who is or is not <laughs> Thomas Middleditch. No, <laughs> now, here's there's the been thing. so many studies. So, so even we, like trained observers. We got to wrap this up. Unfortunately, oh, sorry, I, have I do to have leave, to but, leave. But um, uh, real true. quick, what 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 do you think if you have any leap if you to, to we we ask our question a uh, question to our guest what the hell was that what do you think this stuff is that he's that these people are experiencing i think it's the same thing that i mean i've heard uh, i grew up in a very religious household and i heard um people in my family had like god talking to them like and they can say god said this and then they say the words and then it, it was so profound to them that they changed their life after it. So it wasn't just like a dream or something. I mean, I, I'm not saying it was real. A I'm spiritual just saying, revelation. I'm just, yeah, it was It was real enough that they like made huge changes in their life. And I think I, 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 my best guess is all this stuff is just like, it's it's just like me seeing Thomas Middlejitch and you seeing um, Al, Al, Al. Do you think Al, it's like, connected to to um, the realm of uh, of dogma of uh, of God and devil? Do you think it's con- do you think that aliens are similar to spirits or I or is there a relation or a connection there? I wouldn't even say it's connected to. I mean, I don't even know God and devil. Like, I don't know. I just think there's something. I, I think that's even presumptuous for me. Sure. It's it, it's it's like there's so much that we don't know. Mm-hmm. 
like 200 years ago we didn't know a lot of stuff and now we know more and we'll and if we survive another thousand years we'll know more <laughs> but right now there's there we're surrounded by mystery That's and a great point. um um and well I, I think the one ghost we've been able to prove exists today <laughs> is the lingering specter of our relationship <laughs> <laughs> And I want to thank you for coming on the show. If you if you always talked in that alien voice, maybe we would have had a chance. I'm just speaking in the only voice I know how to express extreme emotions. Oh, my God. Well, I'd love to leave you with a quote. Let's do it. Um, the abduction phenomenon forces us, if we permit ourselves mm -hmm. to take it seriously, to reexamine our perception of human identity, to look at who we are from a cosmic perspective, end quote. And that's from John E. Mack, Harvard psychiatrist and Pulitzer Prize winner. Johnny Mack. Thank you, Johnny Mack. All right. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, 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 Maria has to run. So yes. we're going to say thank you now and goodbye to you now and say... Uh, we're gonna. Do you well, have any collectors? And then what, and then what well, do you guys? Well, and then what do you guys come back with do? a quick collector's oh, item? Oh, I'm sorry that I can't be a part That's of that. That's okay. We uh, also introduced a new segment at the top of the show. So okay, great. you got to be a part of that. Oh, great. Yeah. I mean, well, I was. Real quick, I, I did loved you ever, it. Did you ever collect anything? Uh, I collected. Um, I collect uh, ex boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> mm. There's one now. <laughs> Hello. No, I collected. I collected comic books as a kid, but um, who were your favorite characters? Spider Man. No, um, Spider-Man, I was Spider-Man twice for Halloween, but I don't remember that having a Spider-Man. I just remember having like a feeling groovy um, comic book. That's not a comic book that anyone collects anymore. I like that. <laughs> feeling groovy. I would do it. You're a weird, weird child of the I 70s. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. What a pleasure uh, it was we're to gonna have get you on Yeah, it was really fun. And uh, Bryce and I will be back in a moment with Riley with a quick collector's corner and a wrap-up of the show. Thanks, Sweet. guys. Thank you, Maria. Pleasure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? This is Bryce Johnson from Bigfoot Collectors Club. Listen, if you have a paranormal story, we want to hear it. Write to BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com with your paranormal encounter, and we just might read it on a future episode. And we're back with Collector's Corner. But before that, producer Riley Bray. I was just thinking about that conversation we were having about the monomyth and religion and everything and just wanted to bring up, one, that there's so many sky vehicles in all these scriptures. Like in the Bhagavad Gita, there's, oh, you know, the chariots. That's the full of like a UFO battle in that. Absolutely. It's, it's a like, full-on uh, UFO yeah. battle. Yeah. yeah. It's all over the Bible, too. And the then chariots and yeah. Ezekiel's, Ezekiel's wheel. wheel. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then you started talking about, Jinx, by me, you know, Ezekiel. the whole, <laughs> you owe him in Ezekiel now, the whole, the whole thing about uh, the, you know, the breeding program is like, okay, sky God, alien mother. Who does that remind me of? Oh yeah. Jesus Christ. Yep. Yeah. Like that's. And we have demigods all over Greek myth, mythology. I mean, Zeus was abducting, uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, for, to make a nice, this nice of a term of this as we can, like there's so many stories of Zeus abducting shape-shifting yeah, and abducting fully. women it's all over Greek and impregnating yeah. them uh and there was another one that i was just thinking of oh uh you've got the anunnaki in the bible that anunnaki, the, the giants from the sky yeah that, that was sumerian myths and yeah. then in the old testament there were the they called the like there was like the son of sons of angels and the sons of adam they were like different right. species the nephilim is like an old one zachariah sitchin's into yeah. that stuff so there are all these myths of like it you've just, got the angels you've got the humans and then you have something that is in between those the hybrids. two the hybrids yeah. well without a doubt something has been taking place since time immemorial since the beginning of human civilization we've 
we've been experiencing through through country, through culture, something supernatural that is taking and place and and having an interaction with uh, with us here on the physical plane. And what did mm-hmm. I, I mean? Yeah, I, I, it's just like I go back to that very first thing and that entity looking in the window at my dog. And again, my gut instinct was telling me it didn't drop out of a UFO. It came from a different plane and was crossing through. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, and the I, more I hear about this stuff, the more we get in and dig in, the more I'm starting to double down harder and harder on like this makes so much sense to me that these things come from a different dimension. I have I just I'm I'm starting to to make those same kind of conclusions. I mean, especially I mean John Mack made that same conclusion that, you know, something real is happening. I can't say if it's you know, uh, gray aliens from Zeta Reticuli coming here, but I will tell you that something is happening um, that is real, that is actually taking place and leaving real evidence. Um, it, but he's just left with question marks, just like us. But but to but to ignore the fact, but to not really recognize or or do the do the comparisons, I think, is a disservice to humanity and to science and to. Uh, and to our future state, I really do. I think this is a, I don't know. I mean, you know, you you would like to think that, hey, you know, we're evolving. This stuff's opening up. But obviously, like we were talking about earlier, when when the Pentagon reveals that, hey, we have these programs and, and still not a lot of people are talking about it and can still look at us like we're crazy for talking about but it. But I, I think that is just an evidence, that's evidence of how information is distributed in this day and age and how it's so scattershot and widespread and well, how I much it's the mainstream media focuses on such a narrow field. I don't stuff. think it's the media, Mike. I think it's evidence that people like to live in a box. People, I don't know. Look people at, have a closed paradigm loop. They don't want to allow new information into that will change I, the paradigm. I disagree only because like, look at where, what we're doing here. Right. And we have a small following, but this show's growing an audience. And P.S. Thank you, everybody, Sidebar, for, sure. for listening yeah, to the show. It's so awesome. I mean, I made a joke earlier, but there, you guys are listening, and our audience is growing. And I know that I've heard from a few of you who weren't necessarily into this topic before the show, and that is even cooler. Um, I've always said— but people are listening. But I've, it takes people—not to pat ourselves on the back, but— you know, we have an opportunity with a format like podcasting that we can get some of this information out more and talk about this and make more conversations. If if we can destigmatize some of these um, encounters, then we're doing like a little bit of good work. You know, I've it. always is that okay to say? Absolutely, I think so. absolutely. Right? I mean, it's not the most important. It thing, is important, Mike, and that's but, what John Mack felt. He said these people need a champion. You know, and I've always said it, and I'll always say it. For you to completely dismiss the UFO, Bigfoot, whatever phenomenon, just means you haven't taken the time to look at the information and the data available. Because once you do, there's no turning back. Because there is a plethora of physical evidence, testimonial evidence, photographic evidence. This is not the most important topic by any means but this is a corner of the shared human experience and that's all we're trying to do is shed a little light on that and have a little fun yeah exactly it's called a club hell yeah um and it before that it's called a collector's club speaking of fun speaking of which um this was a gift this is uh piggybacking off your archie mcphee bigfoot from last week i have have the archie mcphee bigfoot bandages 
These were a gift from my buddy Dex, who is going through a really hard time right now. And so um, he could use a, a couple Band-Aids, I think, spiritually uh, or otherwise. Great guy, Dex. I want to say thank you for these Bigfoot bandages. I want to give you a big shout-out and tell you that I'm thinking about you. And uh, I love you, bro. And um, I know it's a little cryptic, but um, it's beautiful. No, it's just a nice gift from a buddy of mine who's going through a rough time. So copy that. Thinking about you, friend. Uh, but check out these Bigfoot bandages; they're pretty great. Yeah, and thanks for leaving one in the book you left me, man. Yeah, man, this is for your cast, <laughs> which has been replaced uh, a couple times, I think. How's that foot healing up? It's healing, man, day by day. How many, how many more weeks you got in that thing? I think I got another four to five weeks before I can start physical training again. Oof. So it's like learning to walk again, but. Hey, I've taken a new perspective, and I and I'm and I'm I'm so committed to coming out of this with uh, with new positives in my life. So, I didn't break my foot. I I healed myself. Nice. Amen. That's, yeah, that's the truth, man. There's a big mental aspect to healing, and uh, you know, there's the, there's hard science behind that too. Is that your your perspective going into healing and your mindset? Yeah, goes a long way. Yeah, and there was a lot leading up to this. Maybe one day I'll I'll be willing to share some of uh, some of it, but. Uh, yeah, it's been quite an ordeal, quite you, an experience. and You were uh, kind of feeling like maybe you needed to slow down for a second and take stock? Or? I don't know, Mike. I mean, it's uh, it, was a very, it was a very weird thing. And when I start to just put together the story and connect the dots, it just it's pretty weird. Cool. Yeah. All right, well, when you're ready to share that. Will do. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Copy that. You're in a safe place. <laughs> it's a safe place. I gotta go! <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I'm McMills on Instagram. Bryce, Mr. Bryce Mr. Johnson. Mr. Bryce Johnson. Trash bag hashtag over here. Um, please find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. Please subscribe. Please rate and review. It just helps us get the show to more people. It really makes a difference, and we really appreciate you guys listening. As always, uh, I want to thank our guest, Maria Thayer, and I want to thank um, our sound pro- or our sound producer, our producer, Riley Bray, and the band Sun Eaters for our music uh, from the song Come Alone, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Friday. With a very special episode. Can't wait. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. 
Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.